one. This is Belinda. Um, we're with, I'm with Tamara McGee today. Um, I'm excited. I'm glad to be back. Um, we are going to start today. We are going to uh, look at some topics and kind of deal through, go through. But before we do that, I would just like us to start with prayer. So um, I'm, we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Lord, I just thank you for how wonderful and how great you are. Dear Lord, I thank you for Cameron, and dear Lord, that you laid this on his heart. And dear Lord, I just pray that you just help us, that everything we say and everything we do, we give you the glory. And dear Lord, you would reach someone, that you would help them, that you would bring peace in their life, that you would help them, dear Lord, to grow, and that you would help us to grow in you. Dear Lord, lead us, guide us, and direct us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay, so our topics today are cessation, repentance, change of mind, faith, and time to decide. Uh, but before we get started on that and we start reading about getting saved, um, I think it is important to know that it's important when we are born, we are born into sin. And Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that's why there's a need for salvation. That's why there's a need that we have to make a conscious decision. That we can't go to heaven or we can't be saved unless we make that decision and we ask Jesus to come live in our hearts. We can't do it just because mom and daddy takes us to church or just even going to church. That, that does not get you to heaven. Having a personal relationship with Christ is what gets you to heaven. And I think that's important that we start that, that we that we lead into that before we get to now what we have to do to be saved. Um, we have to, you know, address the fact why must we be saved? Because we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, when I was a young girl, I've said this before, I'm Pentecostal, but when I was a young girl, Cameron, um, it was pretty much thought that I, I lie if I jokingly say I've been saved 743 times. But the denomination that I was brought up in, if you stubbed your toe and said a dirty word, um, you were not saved in kind of thing. Now, as I've grown in my faith and, and in my knowledge of Christ, I know that this is not accurate. Because there is no one that ever has walked on this earth that was perfect except for Jesus. He was the only one that has not sinned. Because we're born in sin. And because we have that, uh, my pastor said this morning, you know, you have to teach a child to obey and honor. But you don't have to teach them to lie, steal, cheat. Those things, we're born in sin. Those things are there already. And we have flesh. And so if you're thinking, okay, I want to I wanna be perfect and I want to um, get right and I want to clean myself up, you can't do it on your own. You'll never be good enough. Um, but through grace of Jesus, we can, we can go. Okay, sorry. Uh, nope, it's all good. Sorry, Cam, I just kind of went on a rant. No, okay. it's all Are good. Are you ready to start with scripture? Oh, yeah, so... You know, what really made, not really made, but influenced, um, something was leading on my heart 
of what salvation is. Many people that listen um, really don't understand the whole, what does it mean to be saved? What has, what does salvation do for my life? And when you really, really think of that, that those are good questions. And there's this guy named Billy Graham that I used to really listen to. And I just picked up recently again, listening to a couple of the stuff and it kind of went over what salvation is. He drew a bunch of people, like a bunch of crowds and stuff. But the main thing that really, really hit home for me is the way he would present salvation, the way he would present anything that he talked about and everybody was engaged and everybody had their full attention on him. And you know, there were some things that I'm not going to say, like I came, you know, the Holy spirit really led me into watching some of his stuff. And it really felt like I needed to write some of these notes down. So what we're going to be discussing here is these two questions. What does it mean to be saved? What happens when I get saved? Those are going to be the two questions we're going to be focusing on. And when we focus on it, we need to start breaking down these questions. What does it mean to be saved? Well, being saved means you are, you know, the salvation of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Uh, In the biblical definition of salvation, a plan that God created to save redeem and exalt humankind through atonement of Jesus Christ. Now you're probably thinking, okay, you use some big words, Cameron. What does that actually mean? Well, here's a Webster dictionary simplified version that I needed acts of saving someone from sin and evil. That's the uh, dictionary Webster dictionary. And um, what's interesting is now you got to think, okay, well, what is sin? Well, sin is an act of defiance against God's law. And then you got to break that down too. You got to break it down to the bare minimum. What does it mean by defiance against God's law? Well, what is God's law? Well, let's look at the Ten Commandments here, okay? Number one of the ten. You shall not have any other God before... Okay, sorry. Let me redo that. You shall have no other God before me. Number two, you shall not make idols. Number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Number five, honor your father and your mother. Number six, you shall not murder. Number seven, you shall not you shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not bear false witnesses against your neighbor. And number ten, you shall not covet. Now, I wasn't going to get into this, but I feel led to do this. So when it says that you shall not murder or you shall not commit adultery, it also God looks at us, our hearts. God doesn't look at our works. God doesn't look at us as individuals. He looks in our hearts. And our hearts is what, you know, what we think about. Okay, well, I've never committed adultery. Well, have you ever had lust in your mind or in your heart? Well, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. Well, that means God is looking in your heart and that means you've still committed adultery. I can tell you that I've done that. I've also, you know, arguing with somebody, it could also be considered murder in God's eyes and through God's lens, he sees that. So I can't say, well, no, I've, I've never physically murdered anyone. Yeah. I've never actually killed anybody, but in my heart, I've spoken bad things about people in my heart. I've wanted to, when someone aggravates me, I just like, oh Lord, I want to sock them upside the head. And God's like, well, 
you shall not murder. I'm looking in your heart, and that's exactly what I hear from your heart, Cameron, is when you're when you're saying bad things about somebody in your heart because they're aggravating you. So, um, so we'll move on from there uh, before I go on a different tangent here. Uh, so salvation, for instance, let's look at Ephesians chapter two, eight through nine. For by grace you shall be saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Now let's just let's just soak that in for a second, okay? It it's a gift of God. When someone gives you a gift, when I give somebody a gift, I do that out of the love out of my heart. The love I give gifts. I love somebody, so I give them gifts. I don't expect them to get me a gift back because my love is more than what they're going to give me. God, um, let's read it again. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. God is not interested in in the works you do because works don't get you to heaven it's the love the gift of salvation that god gives you um it's kind of like this when you're thinking well i'm a i'm a good person so i'm gonna go to heaven well you got to think of biblical terms and god's how god sees things none of us are good persons in god's eyes i'm not a good person i know through god's eyes nobody's a good person because everybody sins and everybody falls short of the glory of god like belinda said earlier and it's something like this well you know i've done this this and this but it, it's only a small portion of my life well it's kind of like this when you're standing in for, in front of a judge and you, i murdered somebody but it's like, hey, it was only an hour. I am 21 years old. I've done all these good deeds. I've never done anything bad. But just because I killed someone and, and it was just that hour, that 30 minutes of my life, why should I get punished for some bad deed I did? Why should I get punished for something I did that was 30 minutes? Well, it's the law of the earthly realm is why you are sentenced to prison because you killed someone. It doesn't matter what good deeds you used to do. It matters right now. And that's something that we need to grasp of God is an ultimate judge. He is just like Judge Judy, but without all the, the, the glitz and the glamour kind of thing that Judge Judy does. It is the judge and before you in the courtroom that God judges you on. God sees you in the courtroom. Um, and then Acts uh, chapter 4, verse 12, And there is no salvation and no one else, for there is no other name under heaven among, given among men by which we must be saved. There is no salvation and no one else. The only salvation that you will get to go into heaven is Jesus Christ for what he did on the cross, for what God created and God sent Jesus on the cross to help us get salvation, to get the Holy Spirit to get the blood over, you know, it, it, it's interesting. There's so much stuff just in Acts 4.12 that, you know, many people think, well, you know, I do believe in uh, God. I do believe in Jesus and stuff. But, you know, I only go, you know, on Sundays. But that's really all I need, you know. Well, God, it's not about a Sunday goer, okay. Um, salvation comes to no one else but him. 
because you might not realize it, but some people idolize money. Some people idolize uh, the internet. Here's a good question. What do you spend most of your time on? And here's another good question. When you're thinking of that, I want, I'm just going to get a little bit of silence after this for you guys to think. When times get tough, when the coronavirus hit, what was your foundation that you ran to? Now that you thought of that for a little bit, um, you know, when this whole pandemic came, what was your foundation? What did you run to for a comforter? Um, and I can say personally for me, when you're still dwelling in that um, question, um, I wasn't scared of the Corona. Um, I actually worked out. I still went to work. I deliver. I was out in public around people I never knew. And I wasn't scared. I was cautious, like we talked about, but I wasn't scared. Because my firm foundation is, if I did get it, God would use that circumstance. God would use that coronavirus to exalt his name, to show you know what, Cameron, even though he might have it, or even though he's at work right now risking getting it, I'm still walking out in faith, and I know that God has a hedge of protection over me, and God's going to lead whatever happens to me, and Christ always wins. I was at this funeral, okay, um, a couple months ago, before the coronavirus hit, like it was like the week before coronavirus uh, stopped everything here. There was this woman that fought everything, cancer, um, you know, breast cancer, liver cancer, lung cancer, and she fought all this in one, but there's this one cancer that she just couldn't beat in the end. And she had this uh, video that they showed at her funeral, and it was like, you know, um, Satan tried to give me cancer and failed. Satan tried to do this and failed. Satan tried to do this and failed. And at the end, it said, no matter what, even though I'm dead now, Christ always wins. And that's true. No matter what circumstance and no matter what you're going through, Christ always wins. And that has really hit me deep where I'm like, you know what? That is true. Christ always wins no matter what is happening. Um, like like um, uh, in the Bible, it even says that, uh, that the king wanted um a couple people everyone to bow to him and three men stood up and said i'm not bowing to you and he sentenced these men into a furnace to be burned alive and what did they see in that circumstance god used that circumstance to show oh wait why is there four men in that furnace they open it up and there's only three guys walking out but guess what jesus and god was just with them in that furnace taking the heat and then they came out, didn't smell like smoke. They weren't burned. They were in the they were in the same shape when they went in and they started the furnace and how they came out. And it just showed everybody that bowed of like, wow, God used that circumstance to elevate his name over the king. And the king couldn't like, oh, wait, there was four people in there. And it kind of made the king look bad because Christ won. As Christ always does, Christ always wins. Now we're going to move on to, excuse me, <clears throat> to repentance. Okay, in repentance, in a simplified uh, verse, uh, sorry, a simplified version is to turn or return. Sometimes you know you get people that like me um, grew up in the faith, but also shifted, 
and like no and then now i'm back in it or you got people that have never been around it and never actually committed their lives to christ and then they you know they're walking down the easy road or the, actually really it's you know people say it's easy but when you come to christ you might see that you know i don't have to be mad i don't have to be angry i don't have to be without peace christ gives you all this stuff and it's amazing so you turn from your ways or you return to the root you know when in repentance all it is is just you're turning away from your sinful ways you're turning away from your lifestyle you're currently at and you're serving the lord you're surrendering and you're submitting yourself to the lord and then that also brings us to three different things underneath repentance because when you repent hey, oh, yeah. and before you move on to this i do want to say that um to me, and I tried to explain this you know, on a kid level, kind of but in repentance, when we ask forgiveness, that is part of repentance. When we acknowledge that we've sinned or we've been wrong and we ask Jesus to forgive us, then the repentance part is on ours. Is that let's say whatever you were doing, if you were, let's, because I'm a married woman, let's say I was committing adultery. Well, God wants to and can forgive me of that sin. As part of that repentance act, it would be me turning away from it. I couldn't continue to live in that adultery. God will forgive me, but I'm also going to have to turn away. That's part of repentance, is the turning away from. So I think that's important, too, that it's not just once you get saved and it's covered in the blood that you can continue in the sin. No, the repentance part of that is you have to turn away from that sin. Okay. Yep. Sorry. And then, no, that's really good. That's really good. Um, that's why I enjoy you being here because you give maybe something that I look over or didn't mention. And that's why I really appreciate you taking your time and really sitting here and um, going through this process with me as well. So I really yeah. appreciate you, Belinda. Um, but underneath like repentance, you know, forgiveness, that's a, that's a huge, that's a great example. And when you want to repent before their salvation there's repentance you know and during your salvation walk too this is also um coming with okay well i'm saved now what well then there's repentance while you're saved and there's three different things of repentance you know um there's the change of mind changing your mind changing your lifestyle faith you got to have faith what is faith we're going to cover that and then um there, there's an indecision uh, but repentance acts 319 repent therefore and turn again that your sins may be blotted out second peter chapter 3 verse 9 the lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness but is patient towards you not wishing that any should perish but all that should reach repentance that's amazing right there so let's talk about when you're in it, you got to change your mind. Second Corinthians chapter five seventeen says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed, and see, the new has come." When you're Christ, you can't do some of the same things you did. My biggest thing was I enjoyed drinking. I enjoyed some Mike's Hard Lemonade because they tasted good, and it only took six to get me completely out. Um, but now I had to set boundaries and I think this is something good that we're going to have to get deeper into of when you're a follower of Christ, you're going to have to start setting boundaries. And I think Belinda, we're going to do that sooner rather than later as a topic of boundaries. But 
what that's saying is when you when you get saved, you're a new creation. The Holy Spirit dwells in you, and you got God's wisdom living inside you. Where what I'm saying, some you know, most of the time when I talk to people, and especially this, after I'm done talking to someone, the Holy Spirit takes full control of the conversation I'm having, and at the end they're like, "Oh yeah, thank you. I really needed that, really." And it's like I don't know what I said because I didn't say it. I just let the Holy Spirit say it and you know it's amazing how you know my flesh there's a fleshly cameron and there's a spirit cameron and the spirit cameron you know is what brings me you know not me but the holy spirit that helps my spirit the holy spirit dwells in me and it's just amazing on what the holy spirit can help and accomplish with you know the holy spirit brings peace to me where not very many people have peace with things um the holy spirit have even forgiving people my hardest thing is when you did me wrong it's hard for me to forgive you um and the holy spirit really helps with i forgive you i really do and many people think okay well forgiveness means you got to forget absolutely not there's people that i forgive but i never hang out with because of that situation they brought me in you know um when we were talking about boundaries just a few second minutes ago um in order to be what christ wanted me to be i have to be in submission and when it comes to um like there's this american royal barbecue at the uh kansas city uh speedway kansas city kansas speedway and our work likes to go there give out bonuses and you know i went last year and I remember in that moment, God spoke to me, and this is the day before that next night, after that night is over, I'm getting on a plane to go to Israel. And in order for me to get this bonus, I had to go there. And what I soon realized is I realized why I don't get myself around a bunch of people that drink because it's tempting when my flesh is like, oh, Cameron, remember what happens when you drink? Let's get something to drink. And then you got the spirit inside me that's like, Cameron, that's not a good idea. And then you soon realize, you know, I have to set boundaries. There's a reason why I set boundaries in my life, whether it's I'm never in a room alone with a woman or if it's uh, another boundary, of a, I'm never in a room with uh, by myself with a young child. Uh, or even boundaries of I'm never by, you know, I never have alcohol near me. You know, I try in my, where I can control it, I don't have alcohol in the house because I will drink it. Um, and there's different boundaries we got to set up. But I would really love to dig into that because that is a huge conversation. But I think we're going to have to do that for a different way here because I'm going on a different tangent. With the changing of mind that we just talked about. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any two double-edged sword. Penetrating as far as the separation of soul, spirit, joints, and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now, when we talked about that, that's talking about killing your old flesh. And you're probably thinking, well, that's a bit harsh, don't you think? I don't understand. Well, let's go back to 2 Corinthians that we just talked about. Therefore, if anyone is in creation, he is a new creation. In order to be something new, the old has to pass away. You have to get rid of the old self. Okay, well, in order to do that, I had to set boundaries. So I wouldn't go back to that way. I, I don't have alcohol in the house. Um, I don't listen to many things that cuss because I am a cusser. 
I cussed every sentence three times a week. I mean, not three times. Oh, I wish three times a week. Uh, no, it was like three times every sentence I would cuss. And I really had to step away from anything that I heard music-wise cussing. I couldn't listen to it. I still really can't. Movies, I can't surround myself with it. I tried watching the new Tiger King, okay? After about 10 minutes into it, I heard about 50,000 cuss words. And then I soon began to say these things. And it's like, oh, no, I need to stop. And I stopped. I had to stop. Um, because there's boundaries set in place. I cannot. Okay, Cameron, get going here. Um, so the old has to pass. So the new you know, can come in. Cameron, I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. No, you're good. One of the, this scripture I had seen several years ago, um, it was compared to like a butterfly, how it changes the caterpillar and how it changes into a, the butterfly. Is something is something new and that's a lot like how we are in Christ we're like that caterpillar and then you have to grow it may not be an instant thing and I think that's a lot you know it's uh, I think about me when I got saved um I like to drink I like to smoke I like to cuss I I did things I shouldn't do the cussing pretty much went away almost instantly the drinking might kind of already stopped. But the smoke did not go away instantly. Um, they being angry and hot tempered. Here I am, 22 years later. I still have issues with that. I mean, some things change really quick, and some things don't. Um, but it is you're that new creature. You're that you're trying, and God sees that and He appreciates it and He helps you and He changes us. We don't change ourselves. He changes us. And I just think that's, I think that's a beautiful illustration when mm-hmm. you look at a butterfly in the process of change and compare that that's what the kind of metamorphosis we go through when we are sinners and then we become new, new creatures in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're, you're like, when it says the double-edged sword penetrating, it just means that you're changing your heart. You're changing yourself. You're you're leaving the old, the past away. Like Jesus is. Jesus isn't looking at your past. When you get saved, he's like, okay, he's one of my children. You know that's how he looks. And uh, so this is going to be a little long scripture here, but this is about the armor of God. Okay, Ephesians six ten through twenty. Here we go. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by His vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of evil. In order to put on the new creation, in order to put on the armor of Christ, you're going to have to take away the old stuff. For our struggle Absolutely. for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual force in the heaven. I'm going to say this real quick. Um, I feel led to do this. There is this Catholic guy that shops, and I, I don't deliver for him anymore uh, because of this instance. But there was a there was a, a situation where there's an old ca- my manager is 25 years old. I'm 21, and we ha- I have a coworker there that's been there a long time with this company, and he's like, oh man, 62. I want to say I 60 62. I'm gonna say I think. I really don't remember his age. It's like in the 60s or 50s. I really don't remember. But um, when this says, uh, but my manager 
uh, went to Catholic school. He got burnt out of it because there were no godly figures here. There were fake godly figures. And there's a big difference. And he got burned out and he said, you know what? I'm done with this. Catholic stuff isn't for me. I, I, I don't care for Christ anymore. I've seen people outside cussing that were teaching me scriptures and stuff in school. It just doesn't work. I don't like it. So I've been walking this faith walk out and he sees it. Uh, my coworker, my older coworker sees it too. And they're far from it really. Um, but they have the foundation of what Christ is because they grew up in a church environment, quote unquote. And then, you know, you get this guy that's a Catholic and he comes in. Okay. And I'm working and I'm so close. I know I am. God's really shaping my relationship with my coworkers where they're asking me questions. Now they're looking stuff in the Bible when I quote it and they're, they have questions and that's, that, that's the key thing. And then I see how close and how rooted they almost are. And they're about ready to give it. And then there's this customer of mine that walks in and he's a Catholic and he'll be quoting scripture. He'll talk about it. And in the same sentence, he quotes scripture. He cusses, he yells, he smokes weed. Um, you know, he, the big thing is, is if you call yourself a follower of Christ and you're out there for everyone to hear, I don't want to hear you cuss him regularly. I don't want to see you doing stuff that's going to diminish God's thing. And I've even had talks with God of like, what do you want me to do? And I hate, con I hate confronting people. I hate causing conflict. Anybody that knows me. If somebody messes up my order at a Mexican restaurant, I'll eat it. I will not say, hey, this is the wrong order. Because I hate, I, I, I just do not like causing conflict at all. Especially if it, even if it's not my own fault, you know. And I just have this weird feeling. And God kept pushing me, hey, you need to say something. You need to say something. All this work you're doing with your coworkers, he's literally ripping up a month of your of the work that I'm doing through you, Cameron, and he's literally going up and ripping it up like it's a weed in the garden and like it's nothing. And then you gotta start at one. So there was this time where he walked in, he started cussing, he started quoting scripture, and I finally the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you what, I, I just said um man. Okay. So the Holy Spirit just took control then and just said, look, George, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, you need to start acting like it. God doesn't want any double-minded people that says they serve the God, but they cuss and they smoke weed. No, God doesn't want anybody to say, wow, that is a great godly figure. So God's saying I can smoke weed. I can have premature sex. I can cuss a lot. No, that is not what God says, but that is what this guy thinks is what's in the Bible. And, you know, and God and the Holy Spirit really just gave it to him and he's not very happy about it, but it really gave a good solid foundation of Augie and Gary, my coworkers, are really seeing how I walk this out and how I stand firm against the false people that burn them out of being a follower of Christ. And, you know, God doesn't like to be mocked and God doesn't like to be poorly represented. And I'll be honest with you, I've poorly represented him and I wish somebody called me out for it in front of people because I know I did something that wasn't good, especially as a witness. Um, number four, uh, verse 14, stand therefore with truth, like a belt around your waist, 
righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet uh, sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of your flames of arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all preservation and interceptions from all the saints. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. Um, and you see, that just kind of says, you know, you got to leave your past behind you and you got to start pursuing Christ. When you are saved, you can't go back to the sinful ways. And it does take boundaries. Um, like I said, it, I mean, I really want to talk about boundaries right now, uh, but in order for me to be the successful Christian walk I have to, I've had to do several things. One of them, I couldn't hang out with my best friend um, all the time anymore because my old self would come out. Um, the last time I hung out with him, I was so drunk that I said things, did things, and um, it was it was horrible. And then I woke up the next day, and I'm like, I it's time to make boundaries with this too. You need boundaries to have a successful Christian walk. And then we move on to faith. In order to be a Christ follower, it's no joke that you that you physically can't see what God looks like, or what Jesus looks like. They're, they're, you, you can't. But here's the thing. We have faith because there's I see Jesus every day in people that I see walking around. And um, because the Holy Spirit is in us, and sometimes that we can't physically see it, but we can see how God is using people and you can see Jesus in people by them pursuing and doing what the Holy Spirit commanded. So, but you need faith and faith, um, Ephesians two, chapter two, eight through nine, for you are saved by grace through faith. This is not from yourself. It is God's gift, not from work so that no one can boast about it. We just talked about that a while. And what that is, is grace is God's gift to us. Faith is God's gift. Salvation, God's gift. A gift we don't need to earn, but given by the love of God. Hebrew chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible doesn't change, but I guarantee you, you pick up the Bible, you flip open the book. It doesn't have to be the front or the back. Just somewhere in the middle. I guarantee you, you'll feel conviction and you'll feel like a strong presence of God's like, hey, hey, really pay attention to this scripture. Hey, hey. And you'll be interested because the living of God wasn't dead when Jesus died on the cross. It is still alive today as it was when Jesus was walking on the earth as when Moses was walking on the earth. It is alive and well. And then... We got Second Corinthians chapter five seven. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith, trusting in God with faith, isn't when you can see it. It's oh man, I don't have any money. I have to drive forty five minutes to work, and I don't have any gas. But I know God will provide. Faith means it works. God works when God is not an impossible God. God shows up and works in impossible situations to show that God isn't 
doesn't have any limitations, doesn't have any uh, restraints like we do on Earth. Like we jump off a building, well, we're going to go splat, you know. But God doesn't, isn't limited how we are limited. God can do the impossible things because he created, like in Genesis, you know, he created the world. He created the animals. He created everything. He created us in his image. And then we're going to go into John chapter 14, 6. And Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That right there speaks. You know, without Jesus, there would be no coming to the Father. It, it, it's awesome, man. And then we're going to wrap this up here with a thing I like to call time to decide. You've heard it. You've listened to this so far. You've stayed with us for 36 minutes. But now it's time to take all these thoughts. It's really time just to just to think what we just said over. And while you're thinking of this, and while you probably are feeling convicted and stuff, now it's time to decide, are you going to follow Christ or not? John 14 verse 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my command. If you love God, you will keep his Ten Commandments. Matthew ten thirty three. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. How many Christians are out there that say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but oh, are you a Christian? No, 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 I don't know what that means. If you deny me before others, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. We cannot be ashamed, folks. If you are a Christian and you are a Christ follower, there's no more being ashamed of it. Matthew 10.33 just said, If you deny him before men, he will deny you before God. Matthew 16, verse 24, Then Jesus said to his disciple, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow him. When you watch or when you listen, you see how... When Jesus was picking up his cross and carrying it, people were beating him, spitting on him, uh, uh, whipping him. And that cross was not light. That was not a five-pound cross. That was big cross. I mean, he had to drag that while. I mean, think about that, you know. Heavy, 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 heavy. And it was not easy dragging that when people were spitting on you, throwing stones at you. Someone was whipping your back repeatedly. Man, uh, yeah, uh, John eight twelve says, Jesus spoke to them again. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, when we think about this, okay, I know a lot of us are feeling convicted right now. And I want to say conviction comes when there's about to be a breakthrough. So just because you feel convicted, I don't want you to say, uh-uh, click, I'm done with this because I feel convicted. In order for me to come back and really pursue Christ, I had somebody look me dead in the eye in front of a bunch of people and say, if you consider yourself a Christian, and I know that you're not, and I didn't say anything, I was pretty quiet, but he was really just calling me out and calling a couple people out too. And it's like, if you're sitting there and you're saying, look, 
nothing's working. I've tried this whole on my own thing and it's not working. It's time to pursue Christ and it's time now. What you're doing now isn't working. Oh, I'm depressed. I was depressed. Oh, well, I'm mad. Well, I was mad, but guess what? It's time to pick up your cross and pursue Christ. I give you a year challenge, Cameron. I give you guys a year challenge. You pursue, you open your Bible daily and you start implementing these things and in a year nothing changes well go back to your old self because hey you were already depressed you, nothing could get worse than it is now right but if you open your bible i guarantee you that won't happen here i am a year and a half into it and i'm still pursuing it it's not easy there's convictions there's boundaries there's things you have to cut from your life but guess what i would much rather cut that for this short time i'm here and spend all eternity with god than being comfortable here on earth with what I have and what I can do, but spending all eternity separated from him. Now, before we end this, Belinda, is there anything you would like to close us with or talk about? You know, I just, I was sitting here thinking, I remember so much because I did say earlier that, you know, I've been, I had been saved so many times. I keep turning away and, and backsliding. And I remember on that October morning in 1997 that before I went up, I, I felt conviction. And But I remember realizing that, God, I'm just going to have to let you do it because we're human. And we aren't, we aren't going to be perfect. And we're still going to make mistakes. And we're still going to struggle. And we are flesh. And that's the thing. I think the difference between, there's a difference between willful sinning and trying to live and do right and messing up. And Jesus and God knows that. And it's about your relationship with Christ. But I just want to add that, you know, if there's anybody out there that feels like God is speaking to them and, and maybe they feel like they want to be saved or they um, want to talk that's more on a one-on-one -on -one basis I know that I'm I'm willing and that I, I'd be glad to talk to you about that and I know Cam would as well so you know or just let us know and we'll pray for you um, because it's not always easy and it's not always ma making these decisions you know me and Cameron were both brought up in church and then we had times when we fell away so I can imagine if if you're someone that's never never even been to church or never been brought up or, or have went a lot, you probably don't know. You know, I'm, I'm with Cameron. I encourage you to start reading your Bible. I encourage you to start praying. Um, see what a difference it makes in your life. Thanks, Cam. Yeah, one more thing is like, you know, even if, like, okay, so life happens, you know, and if something comes up, and you don't know what to do, and you don't know how to turn it in that situation, contact me or Belinda, and I know we would both be willing to help you through that situation. Um, and, you know, don't think, you know, oh, well, it's kind of late, or hey, I don't want to bother them. You're not going to bother us, okay? We are here to help you, and we are going to give you biblical truth, and we're going to help you through it, and um, no matter yeah, what. Not we're not pressuring anybody. Yeah, and we're not here to judge. Yeah, and we're just simply here to give a helping hand. Um, but we're going to wrap this up here. I am 
extremely excited for Belinda to join us today. I think this was a great discussion, and I hope you guys have a good one.